This is Decoding Learning Differences with Kimberlyn Lavelle, and this episode is IEP Tips, What to Bring. So in this episode, we're talking about what to bring to an IEP meeting. These are my tips from all my years of running IEP meetings and attending IEP meetings with friends as well, um, kind of in an advocacy capacity, but also just as a friend. So last week we talked about whether or not you should hire an advocate and, and or a lawyer. We kind of went into other options that you have, such as bringing a friend. So the first tip that I have for you in attending an IEP meeting, especially if you've never been to one, but even if you have, you're gonna get something out of these little tips. First thing to bring is a friend. Having someone on your side who you know is there 100% for you and your family and has your best interests at heart. Um, one thing I did not mention last week is I have seen situations where the friend is a little too vocal and is not listening to to the parent in attendance. They're, they've got their own agenda, they've got their own ideas, they're pushing for something, they're asking um, questions that maybe the parent already knows the answer to and doesn't really wanna spend time informing this person, like that's a conversation we can have another time. So make sure you do kind of choose your friend wisely and also maybe set boundaries if you need to. Um, sometimes it's like a grandparent who cares so much and wants so much, but they might have a different idea of what's best for your child so it can get sticky. Um, in general, you want someone who already has the same ideas as you for what you think is best for your child or who doesn't have an opinion because it's not their place to have an opinion. It's just, they're your friend and they're there to support whatever it is that you want. Um, so make sure you kind of have a conversation beforehand so that the friend is a support person and not another person you're arguing with or something. Um, also bring your concerns. I would recommend writing all these down. R write down your concerns, your questions, your ideas, all of these things, whatever is percolating in your mind ahead of time, write it down in an easy to look at fashion so that you're ready for the meeting. So you might just like brainstorm all your ideas and then right before the meeting, you might organize, okay, these were all my concerns, these are all my questions, these are all my ideas. Or maybe you have it set up um, based on math, concerns, questions, ideas, and reading, concerns, question, ideas. Set it up however you want, just something that you can easily reference so that you have that that reference that you have, you can look back at and you're not going, oh, what, what question did I have? I know I certainly get like that in, you know, a doctor's office or whatever um, types of situations where I have a question, but I can't remember what my question was that I had. Oh, darn. Right. So we want to we want to make sure that we have that that written down so we can have it with us. Um, and then bring with you any paper you want clarification on. So that kind of goes into the questions part, but it's a little more specific. If they have sent home report cards and you're like, I don't understand this report card. I don't understand the testing that they're doing. You know, however they measure reading progress, math progress. I don't understand these scores. What do they mean? Is this good? Is this bad? Why do you think this is good? Why do you think this is bad? <laughs> like, why does it say my child's reading at a fifth grade level when they don't seem to read a second grade book very well? Like, what is what is happening here? ask all these questions. You can bring those things with you so that you have it as reference to refer to. 
And also so that the team isn't like, oh, I'm not sure. Let me go find that report and pull it or pull it up for you. It's right there. They can refer to it and they can look at it and kind of understand why you're questioning whatever you're questioning. So um, this can also lead in, you know, this might have something to do with why the IEP is happening. You're bringing report cards, even though they have them, right? Like all of these are things they've sent you. All these things I'm recommending you bring. They're things they've sent you, but they're the things you want to highlight. So you're bringing it so that you have it to highlight and to explain. So like you're bringing the report card because this, you know, last year's teacher gave your child all threes and fours, if that's the type of report card you guys have. Meaning they were at grade level, above grade level, everything was amazing. This year's teacher gives them all ones and twos. Everything is way below grade level. There's huge problems. What is going on? Right now, and you can show, this is why I'm asking for an IEP. I want to know what's going on. Why was last year's teacher saying this and this year's teacher saying this? Now, they might be vastly different standards and there might be some reasonable explanation as to why they're so vastly different in general. One teacher is being a little more generous and one is being a little more harsh. Um, and neither is necessarily right or wrong, but it it when that's the only picture you have of your child, it does leave the parent questioning and validly, does the report card even mean anything? Does it actually tell me anything? Um, but it's the only view you have, so you need something. You're going off of something. So any paperwork, um, any reports, any anything that you're confused about at all, bring it, highlight it, make sure you, you know, circle whatever part you have. So you can ask the question that you have in that moment with the people who can theoretically answer it. Um, and it also sometimes is used to say, no, like my child, you know, every single year has been getting ones and twos. Don't tell me they need a 504. They need services. They are not meeting their academic standards. They need direct academic support and academic services. Nope. I They need an IEP. Like you've got that right there. <laughs> Show them. It might also be in the report that they have, but you've kind of got that as like your ammunition. I hate to use that word, but it's it's your proof. It's your evidence that your child needs something specific. <clears throat> you can also bring any relevant work samples or information from other sources. So a relevant work sample might be something like a writing sample that shows... And maybe it's a writing sample that you've had your child do free writing, right? You're like, this is something they wrote without any help, just on their own because they felt like it. And it shows that they're really great at writing and why are they getting these low scores? Or it shows that they really cannot write a complete thought. They don't use any capitals. Their spelling is terrible. They don't, it's not a full sentence. Like they've got all the issues, right? <laughs> like all the issues. It's horrible penmanship. It's everything, right? All the issues. And yet their report card says that they're at grade level and they're in fourth grade. So tell me how this makes sense. This makes no sense. So bringing things like that is, again, kind of asking for that clarification, um, but also like your proof. Like, OK, well, sure, when you give them the writing to copy, it looks like they can write at grade level because they are copying and typing out and turning in a typed version of what you let them copy. They are not generating any of this on their own. That's not appropriate. It's, you know, whatever your argument is, you've got the evidence to support it. Their math, their math paperwork. Um, yes, they can do well with practice, 
but all of the tests, they're failing because they can't remember any of the actual concepts. They can only do the day-to-day. -day. So any of that stuff is kind of evidence to show what kind of support your child needs or doesn't need. You know, if the school is saying your child needs something and you don't think they do, you can have that evidence too. I just mostly hear about the opposite happening. Um, and information from other sources. If you if your child has been diagnosed with ADHD by the pediatrician, please bring that diagnosis or any anything you have that shows that diagnosis, any reports that they've done, um, autism, a medical diagnosis, anything like that. Um, also, if you've done any outside psychological neuropsych testing for learning disability, bring that. If you've had tutoring done and they, they've done some testing with it, bring that. Whatever it is, bring the data so that they've that the school has that extra information. Now, hopefully you've already submitted this stuff ahead of time, but if anything has happened where it's more recent information, newer information, or you just haven't given it to them yet, give it to them now. The more that the school has to work with, the more the better they can serve your child. I've had parents worry that the testing will be used, you know, the, the ADHD diagnosis will be used against their child. So they don't want anyone to know, they don't want to get the diagnosis or they don't want to tell anyone that they have the diagnosis. It's not, they're not going to use it against you. Um, I've never seen that. I, I have, here's what I have seen. For something like ADHD, and it could even apply to like autism or something, they will, they will at times try to say that whatever this academic weakness is, is caused by the ADHD. And you might think it's dyslexia, dyscalculia, whatever, um, whatever specific learning disability, you might think it's that instead, but they, that just means you need to make sure they're doing full processing testing. It's still good information for them to know that the child has ADHD and they probably already suspect it unless the child is like medicated and doesn't actually show any signs of it because of their medication. So if it's a total secret and you're worried, I can kind of see it at some times, but in general, it's better for them to know. Also like medications, as the child grows, things change and why is the kid suddenly acting weird and knowing to tell the parent what's going on, knowing what side effects to look out for can all be beneficial for your child. Um, so in general, I definitely think it's better to just lay it all out there. Let the, let the team know because generally they're there to help you and your child. They want your child to be successful, even if it doesn't always feel like that. Okay, so bring with you another thing I would recommend writing down ahead of time is all of your child's strengths, all of their preferences, things they like, all uh, their interests, um, and, and also preferences in terms of they seem to learn better in a quiet environment. They seem to learn better when there's music playing. They seem to learn better in the morning, in the afternoon, before they've had something to eat, after they've had a big meal. Like whatever it is, whatever you've noticed about your child or that you've seen reported from other teachers, bring that information. They can't necessarily tailor your child's whole academic situation around that. Um, but as you get into junior high and high school, that can play a factor. You can say, I need my child to always have academic classes. The, all the, ac the most rigorous classes have to happen before lunch and the electives can be in the afternoon because my child learns best in the morning. 
or vice versa, whatever it is, you want to, you can kind of fight for that. And you could even write something like that into as an accommodation in an IEP um, for, for situations in which that's an option. In the elementary school, you don't have a lot of say over when the teacher teaches which subject, but you could, you know, talk to the the support providers, the service providers about when you think your child would be most receptive to those services and try to get those services to happen at a specific time, especially if your child is like very sensitive to certain times of the day. Now, some kids are slightly better at one time or another, but they can be, they can be, they benefit no matter what. And it's a very subtle difference, if any, and certain strategies can kind of wash away any difference anyways. So it's not always critical. I'm just saying in general, pay attention to it, note it down, bring all of that information with you. Um, the more interest your the the team knows about, the more they can pull that into your child's education, especially those service providers that are working in a smaller setting. If they know your kid loves soccer, they can, you know, do more things with soccer and make things more about soccer and apply the lessons to soccer. The gen ed teacher might not be able to do it as much, but a little bit, especially when they're working in small groups and they're working with your kids and be like, oh yeah, remember about this. Or they might choose, you know, if they're choosing which article to have the kids work on one week and this one's about soccer, they might choose that because they know your child likes soccer and will respond to it. So the more everyone knows about your child, the the better. <laughs> also, the strengths part, everyone knows their child has strengths. Everyone is like, oh yeah, my child has tons of strengths. I love my child. But it's the most awkward situation when you are in an IEP meeting and you're like, what are your child's, that one of the school staff is saying, what are your child's strengths? And then there's like crickets, like no one says anything. The parents can't think of anything. The teachers can't think of anything because everyone has been so focused on, I'm worried about this. I'm worried about this, that they've forgotten all the strengths that that kid has and they haven't focused on it at all. So take some time, focus on it, reflect on it, think about it, write it all down. You know, at the very beginning, I was taught to just ask at the meeting and it was these awkward situations where I'd get one or two things. It was always very generic. Oh, he's such a nice kid. Oh, he tries so hard. Very generic. Then I started asking parents at least a week before the meeting, um, usually more, to, to write it out for me. And I would just write, put everything that they said into the IEP. And I would also reflect on it myself. I would ask the teachers and we would spend time really focusing on that because it made such a difference. It's, it's when you've got this strengths-based lens, you have a different outlook of this kid. You're not just like, oh, he's struggling so much in reading and writing and math. You instead, you're thinking about this kid is so good at getting in front of everyone in the class and telling an amazing, captivating story that everyone is just like in, in rapture. Like they just can't stop listening to this amazing storytelling, right? So like totally different picture of a kid. If you're only thinking about the, the, the struggles versus all the strengths and then, okay, how do we use those strengths? Because when you're thinking about the strengths, you start to think of ideas and ways to use those strengths to help with the weaknesses. 
So I would definitely recommend writing all that down ahead of time. Um, bring paper and a pencil or pen or whatever your preference is. Um, having something that you can write some notes down because you're gonna, things are gonna pop into your head. It might even be that you write down a question that you wanna ask later. You might mark up any papers that they're handing to you so that you can ask questions about it later, whatever it is. Um, it also might be notes that you wanna make for yourself that you wanna make sure your kid um, gets extra support in this or you're gonna start working with your kid this particular way that they're suggesting or whatever it is. It's so much information and if there's certain things that you wanna make sure you remember, you can jot it down. So bring your paper and pencil also bring some trust that these people at the IEP meeting want what's best for your child, even if they've gotten a little overwhelmed and aren't necessarily doing what's best for your child. Um, they, they went into this profession for a reason, so try to have trust that they do want what's best and when you can connect with them on that, that level that it works out really well. Everyone, everyone benefits. Show up with some faith in whatever it is that you believe in, as well as in the, in the process and in your child. Um, have, have faith that things will happen, that there, there are benefits. Have that hope that your child is not all just these struggles, but they've got all of these other beauties and those struggles can be overcome. They will be overcome. Um, now there are certain levels of struggle. I'm not saying, oh, and all will be well and they'll graduate from Stanford with honors and whatever. <laughs> they might, but you also might have a child who doesn't have that path available to them because of the level of disabilities that they have. But you can still have hope that they will be able to grow and experience a fulfilling life, whatever that looks like for them. And have some determination that you are determined to get what's best for your child and you're not going to settle for less, whatever that means. <sighs> you also, I need a little water right now, bring some water because when there's a lot of talking, you might need to get thirsty bring tissues, especially if it's an initial IEP. I mean, a lot of times the school has tissues, but if you have your own, then if they don't have any there, it's helpful because a lot of times at those initial IEP meetings, there is crying. It is, you are hearing for the first time information about a difficulty that your child is having and it's painful. Tears are extremely common. Also, feel free to step out of the room if you need to take some time to think, to process. You can also ask that the meeting end and be reconvened at another day if you need some time. Um, so take what you need. <sighs> Today was a deep one, a stressful, a little, I felt, I felt like there's a lot of stress with IEP meetings. So takeaway today, IEP meetings can feel stressful and overwhelming. So go slow, take your time, 
they're worth it. Good luck. You can find out more about how you can get help on your journey. Just email me whatever's going on with you, whatever you feel like you might need help with, and I can respond with whatever resources I have available to me. Kimberlyn at decodinglearningdifferences.com. And I look forward to hearing from you. And I'll see you next week.